two, one. Welcome in, Husker Extra Podcast. I'm Chris, there's Steve, there's Parker. It's 4.17 p.m. here on Thursday, February 11th. It's Valentine's Week. Simply, I await with bated breath your Valentine uh, this weekend. I'm sure it'll oh, be God. Yeah, sure that puts some pressure on me, Baz. I would, uh, I would like something nice. I would like something heartfelt. It would send his heart a flutter. Because I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I give a lot in this relationship. I don't get a whole lot back. <laughs> This is making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's it's an uncomfortable conversation that we need to have oh, right now. All relationships make me feel uncomfortable, though. So. <laughs> uh, Chris is going through a Chris is going through a rugged stretch right now. It's rugged right now. We'll talk about that later. Um, speaking of relationships, there's some new relationships over in the football office. Hey, how's that for a segue to get right into that was, it? It's professional, that was brilliant, professional. That's a pro, that's a pros pro. Uh, some new some new staff hires uh, this week. Parker, no, run them down. Parker, Bill Bush. Yeah, go, go, Parker. <laughs> pros, pro, just talk over Baz till he shuts just, up. Just go. Yep. <laughs> three, three. Sorry, not sorry. Actually, four technically, but three that were released. Three that I guess you would call substantial additions. Um, Marcus Castro Walker is a new director of player development. That was reported earlier by Football Scoop, made official on what was that? Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, something like that. Beginning of the week. Um, yeah. It was Monday. Flat. It was Monday, last circle. Monday. That's right, Monday. Um, it was Monday. Frost called that an all-encompassing role. We can get into that uh, a little bit if we want, what the director of player development does, um, sort of based on the way Scott Frost ran it down for us a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then Bill Bush as a defensive analyst, that's the biggest name of the group. Uh, obviously, former Nebraska assistant um, under Bill Callahan, uh, back in the mid-2000s, been all over the place, spent the last three years as the safeties coach at LSU, known as a good recruiter. He's going to be a defensive analyst, which is sort of interesting. Uh, we haven't heard exactly what Nebraska's plan is special teams-wise, so um, sort of how that role breaks out and, and what Bill Bush is really tasked with doing, I think, will be an interesting one to track. And then the last one is Keenan Lowe, uh, who, who's coming in as an offensive analyst, and um, if the name sounds familiar, Keenan Lowe was a receiver at Oregon, uh, his first two years there, his position coach was Scott Frost. His last two years there, his position coach was Matt Lubick. Um, so he's obviously uh, knows those guys really well, spent last year at UCLA. But he was a high school coach, head coach um, of Parkland High School in – or no, excuse me, Park Rose High School in Portland. And he stopped what was shaping up to be a school shooting, um, you know, stopped a kid with a shotgun who was walking into a classroom. Uh, it went viral, obviously – uh, he was, you know, rightfully, um, you know, sort of recognized widely for, for the heroism that went into that um, move and that decision to, to put his life on the line in that moment. And then he actually, so he was going to be the head coach at West Lynn, which is a sort of powerhouse school in the Portland area. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, they weren't sure if they were going to play high school sports in the fall up in Portland. And he had a chance to join uh, Chip Kelly's staff at UCLA. So he left Westland in July, spent the 2020 season in, at UCLA. Now he's here as an offensive analyst. He'll probably work mostly with receivers uh, here along with Matt Lubick. So there's a rundown of the three staffers. They also added a recruiting analyst named Dan Dillon. Don't know a single thing about him. So there you go. Oh, I'm sorry. What's his name? Dan Dillon. Dan Dillon. Okay. Dan! Dan! Dan. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> Don't start. Daniel! 
that's one of the moments topic. one of the moments that predates my arrival at the journal star uh, that's that's a story for a, we'll tell that story the next time nebraska makes a bowl game how about yeah, that? that i wish i would have been employed here for I wish, yeah, I wish Parker could have seen it, actually. Oh, that was incredible. As we were just talking, we can talk more about the staffers, but more importantly, Sipple and I were just talking um, earlier this afternoon about how, how normal the 2021 season may or may not be. And we were talking, we were speculating wildly about the fact that maybe the Ireland trip won't happen. Uh, and I said, you know, we're just, we're, we're covering more days content-wise here. The countdown's on until we get in the car on August 27th to drive to Champaign, Illinois. And uh, we were just we we're just saying, Definitely. hopefully, hopefully we got the whole crew back in the fold. You're traveling Bass. again with us to football games, and like, yeah, it's Papa Baz behind the wheel yeah. of the Journal Star Screaming crew, screaming at my kids in the in the Journal <laughs> oh, Star. Oh God, crew. yeah, that's I forgot about that part. Now you're just gonna have to manage that. Driving across we, Missouri. Yeah, are we going across Missouri again? Yeah, we'll stop in Hannibal, eat at that KFC. <laughs> I I would, you know what? I hope to God we can do that. I, I would commit a felony right now to take a football road trip to the middle of nowhere with you guys. <laughs> and stop in Hannibal. And stop in Hannibal. Down at, that, at the KFC about, on, yeah. the, on the Mississippi River. Yeah. How about the subway in Chillicothe? Also the Chillicothe <laughs> subway, yeah. That'll be the trip. That'll be the way back. That's on the way back usually. We've made multiple stops there. <laughs> Um, several Casey's general stores in Iowa when we go to various other locales. Yeah. I prefer talking about the Missouri part of that. Trip. Yeah. The Missouri part of it's a little better, <laughs> a little better. We had some good barbecue in Champaign when we that were there. That was really good. Yeah. Do you know the name? Yeah. Of, do you know the place? Do you know the place? Uh, Parker, what was that place called? Do you remember? The, um, here, let's Black, look that up. Black Dog or. Yeah. Something like that. Something like barbecue. that. Champagne. Look it up. That was good barbecue. That was quite a day food-wise because we loaded up on barbecue in the afternoon and then they've got custard in the press box. Oh, Black Dog Smoke and Ale House. I'm sorry. What was it? Black Dog Smoke and Ale House. Yeah, I just got absolutely schmackered on custard in the press box that night. (laughs) Baz Baz ate so much custard that he looked like Tom Brady leaving the Super Bowl parade. He looked like like Rick McJarris. I did. I I looked like... (laughs) Jesus, <laughs> may, he, may, may he rest in peace. Um, I'm sorry, Parker. It's okay. It's I look okay. like I look like a raccoon that got into a trash can and found like some fermented corn or something like that. <laughs> that was me. That was me about midway through the third quarter of that Illinois game. Was, was the custard really game. that good? Really, it was unbelievable. It was lemon. I love lemon. First of all, and it was lemon custard, and I was oh. just passionate. Speaking of raccoons, I I was um this is a to- this podcast is just shaping up to be a total train wreck. Yeah. Anyways, um, I, like it. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw so Mitch Sherman from the Athletic today wrote a he followed in the footsteps of that story a couple weeks ago about like the thirty most bizarre moments at Tennessee over the past ten years, and he wrote about like the in his estimation the twenty most bizarre Nebraska football moments um, of the last decade, and one that since I haven't worked here all that long that I did not know about. I've experienced several of them, but one that I did not know about was the raccoon selfie. Um, oh yeah. And, and um, so the, there was a link in Mitch's story to the journal star news report from that. And it was like two days after Mike Riley got hired. And the lead was two days after Nebraska bagged a beaver 
now a raccoon has taken center stage or something like that. I was like, wow. Oh, God. Quite a lead. That's wonderful. Uh, Yeah, that's that's, great. That qualifies as bizarre. I mean, the lead maybe is qualifies as bizarre. That might be number 21 on the list, but um, (laughs) that, that, but yeah, that was, that was weird. He got bit. I think Gangwish got bit by that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he picked up a live raccoon and he was like shocked that he got bit by it. Like, God. Ah. Some people are deathly afraid of raccoons, and he picked one up. And he just picked it up. Picked it and up. it was mad because it was picked up and it bit him. So then he shot it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, what, what, Parker, did anything else on that list stand out while we're talking about it? Um, Back to assistant coaches. No. Well, no, um, not really. It was, it was like sort of the things you'd expect. Several instances um, during the Polini era. Um, <laughs> Several instances. Uh, the, that wasn't bizarre at all, by the way. Nothing about that was. Bizarre. I think number two. I think Mitch might have put um, uh, Diaco's spiel about the strain at number two. I think he might have put it at number two. The strain. Yeah. You feel um, it? I don't think. I don't know that. Yeah, there was definitely some candidates that got left off, but really, what? Like, get, come on, Parker, give me one. Humorous. Uh, let's see. Just think. Is this Go just, into your was this just limited to football? Yeah, yeah. No. Football. Oh, is it? Yeah, football is it moments. Yeah. Um. Well, he explained. He didn't put the. He said he didn't put the. Um, uh, Polini holding up the cat at the spring game because it was contrived, like because it was planned. Um. So he went for. Things that just happened that were that was pretty bizarre though hey parker that was it was weird yeah um i don't know i can't think of a good one i can't think of a good one off the top of my head i shouldn't have opened this can of worms probably but, okay um, that's that best kitchen doing? sorry i was the gus was gus was needing some food so i had to give the dog some food and and i had to get some, my, my cherry mash bar oh those things are disgusting oh they're so good you get no. you get you you go right to hell Steve I okay. That, that's a little extreme and aggressive. I I, <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe. No, those things. I, I had one as a kid one time, and I couldn't believe. I couldn't even get through one. Best candy bar out there. It's like that was like a Pavlovian reaction. We started talking about football road trips, and you just had to go straight for a cherry mash bar. I know. I we should talk about what we eat on football road trips. That might be. Let's that not, might be. Let's not. I mean, just disgusting. Stuff. Oh come on! Is it that bad? Think about all the gummy bears I eat on a road trip, and just oh. like washing out with Mountain Dew. Imagine if you only imagine if you only ate Jujubes and drank orange soda for an entire road. Trip. Oh God! This the damage it would do to your innards. <laughs> You'd start oh. to look like a gummy bear. Stop! Stop! My color kind of resembles that. Sorry. Should we should, we should we take just like a should we just make one legitimate attempt at talking about anything that would be useful to people on yes. the podcast? Yes. Or should we not? Should we not? No, we, don't no, we should. I'm I'm interested people need in levity. It's a, it's, a, it's a depressing time right now in Nebraska athletics. We need some levity around here. Yeah, that was and we talk we already talked about the staff additions and I mean, let's face it, they're they're lower profile additions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there is a basketball season going on right now. Let's just start it with this. Nebraska is a 14-point underdog 
to Illinois, and you guys were taken aback by the that fourteen point number as it as it as if, well, that it's too low, basically. Why do you think that? I think it's a good number. Because Illinois has the most talented roster in the Big Ten. They have the best point guard in the Big Ten. They have probably the second best big man in the Big Ten. They have all the pieces around them they need. Nebraska couldn't throw it in the ocean if they were standing on the beach right now. Um, And you're playing your fourth game in seven days. And you lost by 13 uh, last night to a Wisconsin team that shot 32% from the field. And Illinois will not shoot 32% from the field. If they do, then all the credit in the world to Nebraska for, for being them up. But Illinois will score 80 points tomorrow night. And my question is, does Nebraska get to 66 to keep it within 14? Now there's a few guys that are, that can throw it in the ocean. Lat can throw it in the ocean. Okay. That's one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lat can throw it in the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) That he can throw it in the ocean. Some some other guys can see the ocean, but they can't quite throw it in there. No, it's just, I mean, they're struggling, man. They're struggling. It's, and it's, it's bizarre because they're playing well on defense and they're playing hard and it's not like the effort isn't there. And that's maybe one of the most impressive parts of this is they've come out of this break and they've played their tails off defense. They've, played like they've, they've given themselves a chance to win with their defense. Does this sound familiar Husker football fans? They've given themselves a chance with their defense, but the offense just has been so poor, just the, a lack of execution, a lack of patience, a lack of care for the ball. Um, 17 turnovers again last night and just sloppy stuff and, and bad shots that might as well count as turnovers. You know, you watch the first 10 minutes of that game last night and you go, God, this isn't hard. Like make a cut, pass it to the guy cutting, go into the lane under control, make another pass, be patient. And it was great. And then after that first 10 minutes, a, a couple of wild shots got chucked up and all of a sudden they were back to doing what they were doing before and, and they couldn't score. And they scored 22 points the first 10 minutes and scored 26 the last 30, like or 27 the last 30, whatever it was. And it's just a struggle right now. And, and it builds on itself. And you can hear Fred Hoiberg in the post game. And he's just, it's like, he's tired for a lot of reasons. One, he's still recovering from COVID-19 and a long season and all that stuff. But you can just tell he's just so tired of, of what he's seeing offensively. And he finally last night said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it, but, I might have to slow slow it down and throw up the stop sign and call a play every time down the court just so we can get something executed and and do something that doesn't end in a turnover or a bad shot. So you're talking about a guy that's spent his entire playing career playing in an up-tempo system at Iowa State, playing for Johnny Orr, coaching an up-tempo system with Ohio State and with the Chicago Bulls and playing free-flowing, spread-it-out basketball and hit shots and make cuts and do all these things. And now he's talking about coming down the floor and calling out a play every single time down the floor. And that's where Nebraska's at right now. And it's, it's everything we've already talked about. They're in a, they're in a monumentally difficult league. They're facing a daunting schedule with just how many games they have to play and not being able to practice and all the COVID related stuff that we don't need to rehash again, but that's where it's at right now until this well, team can stop turning it over and, and start hitting some shots. It's, it's what they are. Oh, yeah, hold on, though. I mean, yeah, it's what they are. But as much as I feel for the players and the 
and the coaching staff. Baz, we heard in the summer that this wasn't a good shooting team. Yeah, we knew that. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the biggest concern I have is they constructed a roster that doesn't have a lot of good shooters on it. And that's the most important thing in Fred's offense to have shooters. Now it's on Fred to put a roster together that doesn't have those guys. And it's not that they're a streaky shooting team. They're just not a good shooting team. No. And he had to know that in the summer because I heard it. Yeah. I mean, so that's, if I were a Nebraska basketball fan, that would be my biggest concern that yeah. they let this roster get constructed of guys that they don't shoot the ball well. Yeah, but not only do they not shoot the ball well, but then they're not they're not big either. I mean, they're not they're guard, like in the backcourt, they're not small. They've got they've got some like they're long. Athletic, yeah, they're long. They're pretty long, Parker. They're, it's a pretty athletic yeah. long team. Yeah, it is, but like in the front court, you know, they're not they they play hard and they they you know, they do an okay job rebounding, but they don't have overwhelming size in the paint, particularly regard, you know, in relation to who they're facing every night. I mean, the two guys last night, you got Kofi Coburn on Friday. You had um, the big kid Robbins from Minnesota a few nights ago. I mean, every team you go again, you have Travion Williams at Purdue, you know, just on on down the list. Every team's got, you know, seemingly every team's got big rugged guys inside. And that only compounds your issues when, not shooting it good from outside yeah it's I mean they're they're just kind of stuck you know you can't magically flip a switch and have Thor Thorby Arneson start shooting 40 percent from three-point range again again like he was last year the guy's shooting under 20 percent for the season he's under 10 percent in conference play and that's a guy I think they were counting on to be able to hit outside shots you know in addition to lad Teddy Allen has been hot and cold from outside that's a guy that shot almost 40 percent last year in Juco from long range and has been okay, not great. He's around 35% this year, which is which is okay. But they, they just don't have enough of those guys. They don't have the guys that can do it consistently, maybe outside of that, to, to make this offense work. And what you have is some really good athletes that are really good at getting downhill and getting to the paint, but there's mm-hmm. no space for those guys to operate. And so they're, that's what Fred talks about when he's talking about driving into a pile. These teams can just put four or five guys in the paint and say, all right, beat us over the top because you're not getting to the rim on us. And we know you're going to try and get to the rim. And we know your guys are going to throw up some wild shots and we know your guys are going to turn it over and we'll just wait for you to do it. And so, yeah, it's, and Fred said it last night, his words were, I've got to get something accomplished with this. So what does that mean as far as changes for tomorrow night, whether it's lineup changes, rotation changes, stylistic changes, who knows, but something's got to change because these guys aren't magically going to start shooting the ball well. Uh, especially now that they're into the meat of this this difficult schedule, and it's not going to be slowing down anytime soon with no pra- and with no practice time built in or anything like that. So it's going to be, you know, I keep saying it's fascinating, but it, for a team that's kind lost, is. it is. We're talking about a team that's lost twenty five Big Ten games in a row. They're starting to get into historic territory uh, for Big Ten losing streaks. I was kind of starting to do some research on that today, and for a team that's lost twenty five games in a row. In the league, it's it's kind of fascinating to see what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen Sunday? What's going to happen next week and the week after that? You know, what's this going to look like? And can they get can they get a win? And what happens when they do get a win? Does that maybe flip a switch in them a little bit? So, it I I don't know. I you know Fred Hoiberg 
didn't forget how to coach. These guys didn't forget how to play basketball, but it's just a struggle right now for these guys. And it, it's tough to see a way out of it, especially starting tomorrow night. And it's remarkable to, to watch unfold. Um, I hate to sound, it almost sounds cold to say it that way. I mean, it's, it's not hard for us necessarily to divorce, to, to divorce ourselves emotionally from it because that's what we're paid to do. I do feel for Nebraska fans because it's hard for them to do that. Um, so they, it, they feel that anger. But if you really step back from it, it's, it's not – in some ways it's not remarkable because of what we established. Yeah. It's a, they, it's a they're team. Not very, they're not very deep, you know. Um, so they and these, Yeah, not, these are all things we knew. They weren't deep. They weren't right. a great shooting team. It's a roster that got turned over. Again, you had a lot of unproven commodities that you were going to throw out there, even though they had – some of them had some decent credentials – Lacks a point guard. Lacks a point guard. You don't have a really true point guard. Right. Um, And and these things are all coming to a head right now. Look at all the other teams that are struggling in the Big Ten. Look at Michigan State. Doesn't have a point guard. They've struggled. You know, look at Northwestern since they made the NCAA tournament. Haven't had a point guard. And they've been terrible. They've been the worst team in the conference other than Nebraska. You know, and so – you see, we saw these weaknesses. We saw the deficiencies of this team when it was first constructed. But, you know, but you think, well, you know, Fred did it in year two at yeah. Iowa State. He, he's known for offense. He can make this work. He'll figure yeah. it out. And yeah. what we've seen is exactly what we heard, that this team struggles to shoot. They struggle to take care of the ball. And you do those two things in this league, it's hard. It's hard every night. And it's, it's already a grind. You know, and look at look at the good offensive teams in this league, like Iowa, for example. They get in some grinders, and they can look real bad some nights. And Nebraska doesn't even have that kind of offensive firepower. So, yeah, it's just they're just in a tough spot. But we these are things that we saw and we knew before the season started that could that could cause issues. It's well, going to be one lesson. There, there's one one thing, Parker. One thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one second. There's a one big lesson in all this. Fred is, we know Fred's a good coach. We know Bill Belichick's a good coach. There's, there's guys, we know Brad Underwood's a good coach, but when Brad Underwood came in the league, he didn't have the horses and they were bad. They didn't win. I mean, he, he was, I mean, they were terrible. They were like Nebraska bad because he didn't have the guys. What happened to Belichick, the greatest coach in the NFL, when he lost Brady, then lost a bunch of horses. It, it doesn't matter how good a coach you are if you don't have the guys. Fred is obviously a very good coach, very yeah. good. But the, the lesson is, if you don't have the guys, it doesn't really matter how good of a coach you are. Yeah, and that's, you can take an, a bad team and make it average, I guess. But it's hard to take an average team and make it real good. Yeah, it's almost impossible. And, and people get sick of hearing it. And but. Look at next year. They got the number three recruiting class in the Big Ten coming in, and the hope is that they they return a core next year from this team, and you're not flipping the entire roster over again. And you add some horses. You add a top 25 recruit next year and another top 100 recruit and an elite shooter out of the JUCO ranks. And the hope is those guys can kind of help you take that next step in, in a Big Ten that maybe won't be quite the bear that it is this year. Still be very good, but won't be quite the same. So, yeah, it's – if you don't have the guys, you don't have the guys. It's, it's pretty simple. Like you said, Brad Underwood's gone through it. You know, Tom Izzo's going through it this year. Yeah. Know. Izzo's a great example, Bass. Yeah. 
He's a Hall of Fame coach, but he doesn't have a point guard. Yeah. And they don't have a big either. They're not, they don't have a big. They have those yeah. two wings, Josh Lankford and Aaron Henry. What else do they got? Yeah. Not exactly. much. Not a lot. Rocket Watts was supposed to be the second coming and hasn't worked out, you know. Nope. And I, I mean, Steve Peichel, great coach. Look at what he's done at Rutgers, Rutgers, but he did not have the guys up until these last couple of years. And now he's got guys and you see the progress. So again, you hate to say wait till next year, but you almost have to wait till next year and, and see what Fred does with a couple more guys and maybe return a little bit more of the roster. So you're not turning the whole thing over again. But for right now, in the immediate future, it's Fred's got to figure something out. And that's what he said last night. And, and it, yeah, you got to try and figure it out going against really good teams. Parker? One, of the things, one of the things I'm interested in um, going forward is, you know, now they've played what, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. They play Friday, Sunday. They're playing every other day, you know, for 10 days. Um, I'm, I'll be interested to see if there's um, if there's a sweet spot, right? Like when they fully have their legs back under them. Obviously, the lack of preparation time is tough, but if there if it goes on an arc kind of where they get to a point where they really have their legs under them, and before the fatigue factor of that run sets in, like is there a mm -hmm. sweet spot in there of a couple few games where you're sort of all the way back, and that grind hasn't you know, eating you up yet. And it, that's sort of the opportunity. What did Fred say last night? He said, call me crazy, but I think we can still win a few games this year. And I, that, I'm, I'm guessing that that has something to do with it. Like, okay, look, it's a long stretch. They're playing a ton of games, but if somewhere in the midst of that stretch, they can sort of harness it and say, okay, we're past the shutdown for the most part, as much as you can be. And before it really wears them out, maybe that's the area where they can, they can make a little noise if they're going to do it at all this year. Well, and look at the, the games after Illinois at Penn State. That's a manageable opponent. You know, Maryland's not great. You get Maryland at home a few days later. You get Purdue at home a few days after that. You beat Purdue last year with, with a less talented team than you have this year. So, and you've got all the makeup games you've got to throw in there as well. You get another, you got another Minnesota game and, and things like that. So there's, there's opportunities there. And, and you, are there going to be rough nights? Yeah. And tomorrow night's probably going to be another rough one. But there, you can see, like Parker said, if tomorrow's the game where maybe they start to fully have the legs back and then you get a couple days off to kind of recalibrate and you go out to Penn State and you've got a chance to play a team that's maybe a little more on your level, same with Maryland coming back to Lincoln, then maybe you've got a chance and you start kind of pointing to those two games. You know, I talked about waiting until next year, but it's, it's about this year and it's about, okay, let's, let's see what we can do tomorrow. Then let's get ready for Penn State and let's get ready for Maryland and go from there. So you get what Fred's saying, but again, they got to be better on offense. They just have to be, or they're not going to win these games. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to have a discussion with Bill Moose tomorrow. Um, we'll, and we'll ask him about this. I mean, I'm going to ask him if he's ever seen anything in his career that would, that would have maybe prepared him for this type of thing. Um, I wonder about how, what he hears from the fans. I, that's, that's a question I want to ask him. Like what, what is like, what level of concern he has to be engaged with the fans to a certain extent. I'd like to hear that. So, I mean, I mean, I don't think Baz, you've talked about this or we've talked about it. And we were talking about it today is it's not like Moose. He hired the two guys that everybody wanted. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to point the finger at the AD, right? Oh, no. Yeah. How could you do that? Like when these hires were made a few years ago, Think about the excitement they generated. And 
basketball almost as much as football, which around here is, is a pretty big deal, you know, and, you know, it's, it was a deal where we were even saying then if these two guys can't get it done, then ah, who is it going to be, you know, ah. and now look at them, look where we're at a couple years later. And <laughs> you, you, you start, you start getting a little nervous about what, about that maybe coming to fruition. Obviously we're nowhere near anything major happened there, but boy, it's yeah. You can't put this at the feet of the AD. That's for sure. He hired the two best guys that he probably could have gotten, and and it's up to them now to make it work. It's interesting because one of the things that, I mean, I think this was more of a conversation point with Frost, and I, I know Frost. You know, he's, he said some things that in the first year that I don't want to just gloss over. You know, we're going to be dangerous in year two, get us while you can, that sort of thing. But I think from the outset, you know, the contract didn't lie in that regard. You know, seven years. Um, and there, there was talk of a long build from the first day and obviously Fred with Fred, you know, that it was going to be a totally different style of basketball than what was played before. And so you can understand, like everyone says they've got the stomach for a long build until the build ah. starts to, until the build <laughs> starts to get long and then lesson, people, don't, lesson. Yeah, people don't want it. Yeah. And so yeah. it's not my job to sit here and, you know, I don't mean that as a defense. I really don't. I mean, both guys got to win. I mean, that's what you're getting paid a lot of money to win games and, and the rubber is going to meet the road in that regard, but they both have to, they know that. Um, but it's interesting to me that like the, the circumstances in both ways have been sort of extreme, right? I mean, you know, the below 500 records, three straight years in football, this long losing streak in basketball, but people are always are happy to like, yep, let's, Hey, let's build it the right way. Let's build it slow. And then when slow means slow, it's hard <laughs> for people to, to, to have the patience to say, okay, I believe that it's going to happen, but yeah. it's also on those guys. It's a great point, Parker. It's a to great give point. fans a reason to believe. I mean, they, they, they like Springsteen said, right. You got to have some reason to believe. Yeah. At the end of every hard earned day. We've, we've had a lot of hard-earned days around here uh, recently, and, and it Bruce, looks like they're going to continue. Bruce spent a hard-earned day at the, the end of a hard-earned day in November out in the park service uh, land. Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and Parker. 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 Anyways, Parker. We, all make mistakes. Parker. we all make mistakes, even the boss. Even yeah. the boss makes mistakes. All right, guys, anything else for the good of the order? No, no, Baz. What do you got coming? Do you have, you have some kind of advance for tomorrow? I'll have an advance for tomorrow. Uh, just kind of talking about the fret, a, a coach who wants pace and wants space and wants tempo, throwing up the stop sign a little bit. And, yeah, and, interesting. You know, and yeah. I thought that was really interesting to hear Fred say that last night to, just to try and figure something out offensively. So we'll see what that looks like. So that's going to be the focus of the advance for tomorrow's game at Illinois. Another 8 p.m. tip at, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. So we'll see what it looks like. You know, what's it going to look like when a Fred Hoiberg team brings up the court and calls out a play every time down? You know, I, I thought it was hey, super hey. interesting. I thought it was super interesting listening to John Beeline call the Nebraska Minnesota game a couple nights ago. And he was talking about that, about how um, like he, he would always call a lot more plays in the second half because his offense was coming down his direction. Um, like where he literally, the guy didn't have to turn around to get the play call. Just, I thought, yeah. I, I really enjoyed listening to him. No surprise, like Hall of Fame coach that he would be insightful listening to him. You I know really what? thought that was you know what? That beeline discussion is interesting because when I, f I didn't know who it was at first and I was listening to him, I was like, who's this guy? 
Like what? Like, <laughs> like, like this what, old man is... wearing giant headphones on my television. <laughs> Who's this guy that does basketball? Sound like he knows how to be an animal. Now, but this is why it's interesting. My first thought was they had to go deep. They must have some guys with COVID or something. They had to go deep into the well to get this guy that I don't. Who is this guy? He he doesn't have a, a real personality. But then when you started listening to him, Bass, I wish you could listen to him. It's like Parker, I think, tweeted about it. It's like listening to a master's class. Like he talks at bas- about basketball at an incredible level, like the just the smallest of things that are so important. Yeah. It was in, then it became incredible to listen to. It's funny because like, he doesn't, he's only done like three games. You know, he was on, he was going to be on a couple of weeks ago. It was going to be his first one. He's done some studio work for BTN since he's not coaching this year. He did some studio work and then they put it, they put him on a game to do color commentary. And the first one he was supposed to be on got mixed because of COVID. It got, the game got postponed. So he's legitimately only done two or three and you can tell he doesn't sound like a polished. No, he's not polished. That's what I was getting at. That's what I'm getting. But then you start, it's like, it's sort of like if you're in the arena, just sitting next to him, you know, he's not necessarily, he's not necessarily like, he doesn't have the like flow that a guy who does it on TV all the time might have. But it's just yeah. this like stream of information is incredibly interesting. It's yeah. and it, you realize how smart those guys are because Tim Miles is the same way. You listen to Tim mm-hmm. Miles on a broadcast, and it's the same thing, just the details and, and the little things that go into it. And it, you know, it's easy to be critical of a guy when he's on the bench and coaching, um, and the team's struggling. But man, you realize how smart those guys are when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, there's there's definitely some value, a lot of value in having those guys on and being able to to give insight like that. So, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll do this again next week. We'll see if Nebraska's got a win by then. Again, twenty-five game losing streak. They're trying to trying to break in the Big Ten. We'll see if there's any news with the football team. And until then, we'll talk to you next time.